Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Open up to John chapter 8, and we're going to start reading from verse 55. And it says, though you do not know him, I know him. If I've said I did not, I would be a liar like you. Jesus was gangster right there. There's a proof right there. Look at that. It says, but I do know him and obey his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. You're not yet 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered. Before Abraham was born, I am. Today we're going to be unpacking the first part of this seven-week series entitled, I Am Jesus in His Own Words. I think, I think it's beautiful to know that we can hear from Jesus himself throughout the next seven weeks about who he said he was. Amen? Look at the person next to you next to you and tell them, you can't believe everything they say about me. <laughs> tell them, you can't believe everything they say about me. You got to hear it from my, for, from, from my own mouth. Amen? Let's go to John chapter 6. I want to read one more scripture. And today, in our first part of this installment, John chapter 6, it says, The people found him on the other side of the lake, and they said to him, Teacher, when did you come here? Jesus said to them, For sure I tell you, you are not looking for me because of the powerful works. You're looking for me because you ate bread and were filled. Do not work for the food that does not last. Work for the food that lasts forever. The Son of Man will give you that kind of food. God the Father has shown he will do this. Verse 28 says, Then people said to him, What are the works God wants us to do? Jesus said to them, This is the work of God. You ready? This is the work of God that you put your trust in the one he has sent and they said to him can you show us some powerful work (laughs) I I, I love these questions I'm like are you hearing the words that are coming out of my mouth (laughs) I just told you (laughs) and Jesus said to them this is the work of God that you put your trust in the one who sent and then they said to him can you show us this powerful work then we can see it and believe what will you do Our early fathers ate bread that came from heaven in the desert. This happened as as it is written. I gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to people, For sure I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world and they said to him sir give us this bread all the time bunch of gluttons right Jesus said to them I love this I love I love love this he said I am the bread of life that was a good time to say amen right there but I'm going to give you another chance Jesus said to them 
He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never. Look at the person next to you, tell him never. And when Jesus says never, it's not like when your spouse says never. When he says never, he means it. Never be hungry again. He put, he who puts his trust in me will never be thirsty. I want to talk to you on the subject today entitled for the next three and a half hours. <laughs> Someone shout, take your time, take your time. I want to talk to you on this subject today entitled, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Say that with me. Say, I am the bread of life. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, here's the title for today's message. Write this down on your notes. I am the bread of life. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just pray, God, that as we share in these next few moments together, that your word may penetrate our hearts, oh God. Lord, that it may reach the most deep areas of our soul, that it may quench our thirst, that it may heal us where it needs to heal us, oh God may restore us where we need to be restored. Heavenly Father, we just bless you that we get to be part of what you're doing in Staten Island, New York, oh God. That you get to use this church community, oh God, to be a beacon of hope and a shining light in the midst of the darkness. We love you, Lord Jesus. So grateful, God, that I get to pastor the most amazing church on the planet that I have some amazing children and I'm married to the most gorgeous woman on the planet. Her name is Lisa Remedios. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, Kuha, one more time. Make some noise in this place. If you love Jesus, give him some praise, a shout of praise in this house. Hallelujah. It's a good word to describe. Have you ever heard of this word? Foodie. Foodie. Can we put the definition up? Let me tell you what foodie means. Foodie is a person having an avid interest in the latest food or fads. Do we have any foodies in the house? <laughs> I don't know what it is about food. That food is so good. I mean, uh, do I got a witness in the house? Like, food is so delicious and good. I mean, when I think about food, there's not too many things I can think about that are much more pleasurable than food. Because food is so good. Can you say that with me? Food is so good. Food is amazing. When I think about it, I mean, if you really, really came to think about food, you realize that a lot of your favorites in life are occupied by this notion of food. Like we all have, you think having a favorite food is not good enough. But no, we don't have a favorite food. Some of you have a favorite breakfast. And you have a favorite lunch. And you have a favorite dinner. Not only do you have a favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but you also have a favorite, here it is, restaurant. You know exactly the restaurant that I'm talking about, all right? 
Not only, some of, some of us, we don't only have our favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner and restaurant. We also have our favorite way of eating our food. Lisa cannot eat a cheeseburger unless it's the type of cheeseburger that the grease is dripping down the side of her mouth. And she needs about 20 napkins just to wipe the anointed grease that is falling from her face. I'm talking about food. Do we got any food lovers in this house? <laughs> like we all have this, we all love food. But here's the truth about food. Food is, is not only good, but it's powerful, man. Food is super powerful. I'll prove it to you. I mean, food will have you make, do, make you do things you would not normally do outside of the influence of food. Someone shout food. Like, you know, food, not only is food, food is so powerful, it can make you spiritual in a second. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you could have the worst day in the world, but there's something about that favorite plate being served in front of you that makes you go, go out in a praise book. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you right now for being my provider in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Shandaro. We start speaking in tongues, but in the same manner that, the, that when you don't get the food that you need, they created a term for that. It's called hangry. That is... When you are not consuming the appropriate amounts of food at the specific amount of time, at the appropriate time, you begin to do things and think. See, I thought in the beginning of my marriage that my wife was crazy, but I didn't realize that she was just hangry. See, I didn't know that food was actually the marriage counselor for my matrimony. Anybody, any husbands know what I'm talking about? Like, I, now, now I'm a professional. Now I'm like, I just got this. Anytime she comes out with an attitude, she'd be like, what you say? I'd be like, Here's some food. Shut up. Here you go. It makes you hungry, but not only that. Food. Someone shout food. Food. See, I lost some of you right now. You guys are already exited out. It's already 12:30 for you guys. You guys are already thinking about that arroz con pollo and bistec. Food will make you show up. Food will make you show up. You know exactly what I'm talking about because when you get that invitation to come over someone's house or come over a gathering, what's the question you ask when you're on that phone? Is there going to be food there? Is there going to be food though? All right, I'm just saying, okay, I'm there. Because food will make you show up. Some of you guys, you really want to go to, you, you, you go to weddings. And it's not because you want to come together with people who are joining in holy matrimony. No, you want your stomach to join with holy food at their wedding. Like, yo, man, I like them, but I like the food at the wedding even more. You know what I'm saying? Food will make you show up. It'll make, why do you think we serve coffee and cookies in the back? Because we need people to show up. Like, we were giving flyers the other day. They're like, oh, my God, we're giving out flyers, praying for people. We're like, hey, man, we want to invite you to Kuhau. They're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is a new church. I'm like, no, it's a cafe. See you at 11. Kuhau Cafe in the back, free food. They're like, I'll be there. Some of you guys are here because of that right now. We're like, come to my church. Why? It's anointed? Oh, the worship team? Nah, bro, they got coffee and they got cookies. <laughs> Food, I have a way to make you show up, man. And that's exactly what happened. 
In, in John chapter 6, what we see is, what we see is the Israelites, they come after Jesus, and they're chasing after Jesus, guess what, for some bread. I'm getting hungry just looking at this. I'm fasting right now. Ponle un poquito de mantequilla y un poquito de café. And they're after Jesus because Jesus actually is at the tail end of one of the most amazing miracles he ever performed in all of, in all of the biblical narrative. Jesus looks at them and Jesus wants to make it clear, hey, bro, you're only after me because I gave you, I gave you bread. You're only after me because I filled your belly. But what you don't know is that I am the bread of life. <laughs> See, what, don't you, what you don't know is, is that you came to me because I filled your belly. But if you really knew who I was, you would understand that I can do more than fill your belly. I can fill the longing in your heart. See, Jesus wants to make it clear. Listen, I want to let you know that you might be coming to me, so because I filled your belly and because I filled your stomach, but I am much more than that. I am the bread of life. If you knew who I was, I love Jesus making those statements. He says, if you knew who I was, you would see that you're shortchanging yourself if you're only coming to me for bread. Is there anybody in this place that knows what Jesus is talking about? He says, I am the bread of life. Those that come to me may hunger for a time, but once you come to me, you will never hunger again. I am the satisfaction of your soul. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That Jesus is the satisfaction of their soul. That you were longing for some time. That you were short, but guess what? When you met Jesus, oh my God. When you met Jesus, you realize that he is what you were looking for the whole time. If anybody believes that, give God some praise in this house. See, and I know because uh, Jesus, he makes this statement. He says, I am the bread of life. And I think that if, if we kind of go quickly past that, we don't really realize the implications that Jesus is making. He's flat out saying, I am the bread of life. In other words, I am what you need in life to sustain you. He's saying to the listeners, listen, I am the bread of life. And sometimes we focus on the bread of life part, not realizing that he's, a make, he's making a statement all by himself by simply saying, I am. See, how many know that there's a difference between knowing about God and knowing God? How many know that there is a great difference between knowing what God has to offer and knowing who God is? You know your favorite superstar or your favorite movie actor. I mean, there's a difference between knowing about Justin Bieber. Relax, Emily, security right now. Here we go. There is a difference between knowing, just, knowing about Justin Bieber. You can know all his songs. Is it too late now to say sorry? What was that? What was that, Pastor Rowe? Fuego Pentecostal. It's a difference between knowing about Justin Bieber and knowing all his songs and knowing all his lyrics and having him as your wallpaper. And if any man in this house 
has Justin Bieber as their wallpaper, we have an altar call at the end of the service in which you can come and we can pray for you. <laughs> Eric, not you. Don't say that, bro. But there's a difference between knowing about him, right, and knowing him. And Jesus is making the same claim. Hey, listen, you may know about me, but I want you to know who I am. Because here's the truth. In this day and age, how there's so many versions of Jesus that people are following. Can I speak the truth and shame the devil in this house? There's so many different versions of Jesus. And we're following the political Jesus. And we're following the Republican Jesus. And we're following the... Democrat Jesus, and some say that Jesus is a prophet, and some say that Jesus is simply a good teacher, and some say that Jesus is simply a good guy, but guess what? If you think Jesus is a good guy, we're falling short of what he truly is. He's actually a God guy, or the God guy. He's not simply good. No, he is God, and when he is making these declarations, what he is saying is, is, is do you know who I am? Because I'm not simply a meal ticket. I am the bread of life. See, I'm not, simply, I'm not simply here so that you can see what I have, but so that you can see what's in my heart. Don't come after me simply because of what I have. Come after me because of who I am. And so, so many times that Jesus, we have to ask this question, who is Jesus? And what we get to do in the next seven weeks at Christ Uncensored House of Worship, I want to challenge you here, every single person that's here, that for the next seven weeks, maybe you're asking so many Jesus questions. Maybe you're saying, man, who is Jesus? Maybe you've been coming to church for some time, and maybe you know about Jesus. But for the next seven weeks, we're going to begin to understand who Jesus said he was. And he makes this statement, and he goes throughout the book of John, and he starts making declarations. There are seven epic miracles that happen in the book of John, and they're followed by seven epic statements that Jesus makes. And I don't know from where you came from today, but if you got questions about Jesus, I want to let you know that Jesus has something to say about it. That if you have concerns about Jesus, maybe you've seen the political Jesus, maybe you've seen Jesus the prophet, maybe you've seen Jesus the teacher, but Jesus wants to let you know in this house that I am the bread of life. He makes seven I am statements. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. And here's my favorite. I am the way I am the truth I am the life I am the vine anybody believe that with me Jesus makes these these statements he says I am I don't want you to miss it because Jesus by saying I am he's actually equating himself to God in fact in John chapter 8 what you see is Jesus actually says before Abraham was I am. And so the listeners, I, I think it's pretty funny how um, others may say Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, that's why he got crucified. <laughs> Do you know Jesus never got crucified for anything he actually did? It's simply because of who he said he was. And Jesus says, I am before Abraham was. In John chapter 8, look what it says. It says, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought 
of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And I said, you're not 50 years old, they said to him. And you have seen Abraham? Very truly, I tell you. Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. He says, before Abraham was, I am. And what Jesus is doing is that he is pointing back to the Old Testament where Moses, anybody heard of Moses in this house? You know who I'm talking about. Moses, the one that split the sea in half. Moses, the one that led the people out of Israel. Well, guess what? He's a hero, but he was hurting back in the day. And when God called him, God said, hey, I want you to lead my people out of Egypt. And I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him this, let my people go. And you know what Pharaoh says, uh, you know what Moses says, okay, okay, Jesus, okay, God, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to go to Pharaoh. Uh, who do I say sent me? Yeah, because he's Pharaoh, eh, you're this burning bush. I was like, hey, a burning bush was talking to me. And <laughs> be like, vete para allá con eso. Who do I say sent me? And as God in the burning bush, that's what these trusses are, by the way. They're just burning, modern-day burning bushes. The joke's gone wild. <laughs> and God says, I am. Come again? I am. He sounds like Liam Neeson. I am. And I will find you. I, okay, I am what? I am. Pero ya yo te escuché, brother. Dígame lo que yo... I am. Can you elaborate? And I love God's response. I am what I am. Can you please elaborate? Can you please? I am who I am. Te lo digo en español. Te lo digo en chino. I am who I am. And what God was trying to communicate to Moses is that there is no language under the sun that can encapsulate all that God is, the totality of who God is. He is trying to tell Moses, listen, I am who I am. You don't understand that there is no language under the sun that can really paint the clearest picture of who I am. So I am who I am. I am who I am. And it's like, God, who are you? I am whatever you need me to be. What is he saying to him? He says, listen, I need you to understand that I am God. I am an absolute power. I am always consistent. I am never phased by your circumstance. I am never phased by a pharaoh. I am never phased by a situation. I am never phased by a temperament or a temperature. I'm not phased by time and space. I am who I am. I am what? You want to know who I am, Moses? Guess what? You can't speak. Well, I am whatever you need me to be, baby. I am your speech. You might be wondering, oh, you need some provision? Let me tell you, I am whatever you need me to be. I am your provision. You need a redeemer? Guess what I am, Moses? I am your redeemer. Oh, you need some help? Guess what? I am your helper. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That God is everything that we need him to be when we need him to be it. Whatever you're not. I am. 
Yeah, you might be dysfunctional, but I'm, but I'm complete. I am. Yeah, you might be lacking, but I'm whole. I am. Yes, you might be insufficient, but guess what, baby? I am sufficient. Yes, you might be sinful and walking into these doors, but guess what, baby? I am graceful. Yes, you might be doubtful, but guess what? I am. I am faithful. Whatever you're lacking in someone, whatever you don't think you are, whatever you're lacking and are in need of, and whatever you're not, I want you to know here at 11, at 12, 11 p.m., that I am whatever you need me to be. Is there anybody that can give God some praise in his house that serves the I am in their life? And, 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 and Jesus makes these I am statements. That was just my introduction. Now I'm going to the sermon. Jesus makes these crazy I am statements. And he says, I am the bread of life. And what many people don't know is that the reason that he's talking about bread is because he had just performed the greatest miracle ever captured, other than the resurrection of Lazarus. He takes five loaves and two fishes, and he makes some banging Cuban sandwiches. Jesus goes in, and I love it because he takes the lunch, the, a lunchbox from some kid, and he's like, hey, we need to use this for God's work. And what he does, and he says, hey, man, we're just going to multiply this. And the Bible says that he begins breaking the bread. I love, I, love, I love sometimes how we want to be used by God, but sometimes we don't want to be broken. That's not even in my notes. I gave you that for free. And he begins to break the bread. And the Bible says, watch this, watch this. He just goes ham. No pun intended because he was giving fish. He goes ham. He's like, Pfft. You want bread? He goes, oh, Oprah Winfrey on everyone. He's like, oh, you want bread? Pfft, you got some bread right there. Pfft. Oh, you want some bread? Toma some bread over there. He goes all international. He goes, oh, where are my Latino brothers? Pan con queso right there. Okay, where are my Italian brothers? Pfft, you got some Panera right there. Where are my African-American brothers? Here, Pfft, cocoa bread for you and the, and, the, and, the, and the beef patties. Oh, you want, oh, we got some Jews in the house. Guess what? Here, Pfft, some matzah. Come on, somebody. I thank God. He goes, oh, all oh, ham on everyone. He's like, bread, carbs, carbs, and more carbs. The Bible says, check this out. The Bible says that 5,000 people ate from five loaves. And guess what? That was only counting men. Because there was, there was about 25 plus people in attendance and there were 12 baskets left over. Guess what? Jesus was getting popular. Jesus was, I mean, he was, he was trending on Twitter. Jesus killing it. Trending on Twitter. Jesus, the flocks were behind him. They were chasing him. They were looking for him. And the Bible says that Jesus then now, he wants to escape because they were so aggressive. They wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him king. And so Jesus, understanding that he's not going to be the kind of king that they want him to be, what Jesus does is that Jesus now gets away. And the Bible says that he crosses over to the other side so that he can escape because they were about to crown this man as king. They're like, we need to make him a king. And he's like, 
like, nah, because you think I am here to be a king to overthrow the government, but I'm actually here to be a king in your heart. He says, I'm not going to be the kind of king. And so he gets away, and here's where we arrive at the story. They come to Jesus, and they show up at Jesus, and they're like, hey, you got here? How'd you get here? I love that because they went after him, and they're asking him, how did you get here? They knew where he went, and they knew where he was, and so they go chasing after him, and they're like, you know, you know we've done that when we see people on the ferry early in the morning. You know exactly what I'm talking about, right? And you're hoping they didn't see you because you don't want to have a conversation. But then they see you, and they come up to you and be like, oh, you were here. Hey, man, how are you? God bless, man. How's everything? And they go and show up to Jesus, and they're like, yo, man, what's going on? What's happening? What are you doing here? We just kind of ran into you, right? Hey, same place. What a coincidence. And Jesus just kind of calls him out. He's like, man, stop front. He's like, you just came here because I filled your bellies. You just came here because you had a meal ticket. But if you knew who I was, you wouldn't be after my hand. You'd be after my heart. He said, you just came here. And, 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 and I think if we pause here, we hit the pause button. What we will realize is that there are people that are going to follow Jesus for many different reasons. I want to be honest with you. I, b- I believe that this place at Kuhau is going to be filled with people that come for different reasons as to why they come to church. Different reasons why they follow Jesus. Different reasons why they come to Kuhau. So many different reasons why people will come here. Let's be honest. When I started coming to church, it wasn't for the right reason. See, people don't come to church off the time simply because they love God. I wish that we would have a church that had people that all the time came and loved God. But here's the truth. I also see that there are people that are going to follow Jesus. And we got to make these doors open for anyone that is willing to say, I'm going to follow him. And maybe you came for the wrong motives. But I started following Jesus for the wrong motives too. When I started coming to church, guess what? I was coming to church because I thought I was a papi chulo and I was checking the girls out in the youth ministry. I was a 17-year-old little kid just like, what's up? You know what I'm I had the little curly hair. Y'all didn't know. That's what was fly. And I was coming to youth ministry, and I was, and, and, but here's the deal. Because I was, while I was checking people out, God met me where I was. And I love that because no matter where you are today, God will meet you where you are. And these people began following Jesus because at one point, Jesus met them where they were. And Jesus will meet you where you are today. I started coming to church because I was checking women out and I was looking at girls. But guess what? While I was looking at other people on the outside, God met me where I was and was checking me out on the inside. Huh? My God. See, I love that because while I was looking at other people's bodies, God was working on my body and making me the body of Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. If you believe that, give God some praise in the house. Here's the deal. You may be coming because you're going through a crisis, but God will meet you where you are. And when you walk out these doors, you'll know who Christ is. See, you may be coming in this door because you're looking for a spouse 
but God will meet you where you are. And maybe instead of giving you a spouse, he'll make you the, he'll make himself the lover of your soul. You may have walked in here maybe as another achievement or another accolade or maybe another feather in your cap. But maybe you, maybe just maybe, God will meet you where you are. And instead of this being another achievement, you while you're in these doors, you'll start realizing that God has achieved it all for you. Maybe you walked in here because you need your marriage to be restored. But what you don't know, that as you come in these doors... Not because of how much you love Jesus, because maybe it's just because you want your marriage to be restored. But while you come here for your marriage to be restored, God will meet you right there so that you can become the bride of Christ. Give God some praise in this house if you believe that. He said, you didn't come. You didn't come because of who I am. I thank God that we can celebrate. We can celebrate. Oh my God, we can celebrate that Jesus met me where I was. We can celebrate that even in my foolishness, Jesus met me where I was. But I want to be so bold to tell each and every one of us that God will meet you where you are. But baby, he's not going to meet you where you are to keep you there. God meets you where you are so that he can pull you towards where he is. Because you will never be able to make it to Jesus without him. So what does God do? God wraps himself in flesh and he comes to where you are so that he can pull you out from where you're from and bring you to where he needs you to be. I thank God. So Jesus lays out this challenge. He says, hey man. You're after me because of what I did for you. You're after me because of what's in my hand. But if you only knew who I was, you wouldn't be asking so much what's in my hand. You'll be asking me to transform your heart. See, because there comes a time in our walk with Jesus that Jesus is going to ask you a question. Are you only in this relationship for you? Am I simply... A coping mechanism for you? Am I simply the one that'll give you something? Or are you willing to follow me for me? See, I know you know what I've done and I know you know what I can give, but do you know who I am? And what Jesus wants to communicate to the people that are listening is Am I enough for you? Whether you get 5,000 loaves and fish multiplied or where I don't perform not one miracle in your life, am I enough? Am, Am I the one that sustains you even when you don't get the miracle? See, because many times we want the miracle, but we overlook the miracle maker. Oh, I wish I was preaching to someone today. Many times we want the benefits without the relationship to the blesser. But God is saying, hey, listen, man, if you knew how, who I was, you wouldn't just be asking for benefits. You would know that I am the blesser, and there's more where that came from. Come into a relationship with me. Get in with me. Come, come speak to me, and you will see that whether that there's 5,000 loaves manifested or you're just eating some regular Cuban sandwiches, am I enough? 
And so what they, I love it because they're, oh, man, they're so cute. They're like, show us a miracle. Show us a sign. I want you to catch this. I'm roasting up here. If I threw that to the audience, you guys will get slain right there in the spirit. <laughs> See, you come to me because you're hooked up. You're, hanging, you're, you're hung up on a miracle. But I need you to be hooked on the miracle maker. You're hung up on a blessing. But I need you to be hooked on the blesser. You're simply hung up on what's temporary. But I need to get your eyes fixed on what's eternal. I need you to have an eternal perspective in life. And I love it because they're like, show us a sign. And I, and I don't know about you, but have you ever been there where, like, you ever met a sign addict? They, they, like, they get their DMX on. Lord, give us a sign. I really want to talk to you, Lord. Man. Lord, give me a sign. And what Jesus is saying, hey, don't catch feelings over the sign. Because the sign is actually something that points to me. <laughs> See, I didn't come to just give you bread. <laughs> I came to be the bread. <laughs> See, you thought that God was giving you manna from heaven. Or you thought Moses was giving you manna from heaven. But man, that was just a sign. And you want me to give you more signs. But let me tell you, that was a sign that pointed to me. You don't no longer need any signs when you're at the destination. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody see a sign? Do we got that sign? Do we got that sign? This is the sign. This is the sign where I go... Every day to pick up my wife from work. Exit four. And there's a sign. And it says, Arthur Kill Road, one mile away. See, what the people of Israel didn't know was that manna <laughs> was a sign pointing to Jesus saying 400 years away. And what they wanted was what God did in the past, and they were ignoring what, what God was doing in their present. See, many times we look at the hand of God in our past, and we say that our past, oh, man, God uses. But if you start focusing on the past, no matter how great your past is, a lot of times we focus on the negative things in our past, and we say, and as preachers, we like, don't look at your past. Your past was bad. And, and, yeah, but there's some good past that you have. And sometimes you focus so much even on the good past that you have, that you ignore on the great things that God wants to do in your future. And what Jesus is saying is like, hey, listen, I want you to catch this, catch this. I want you to pay attention. Hey, manna was just direction. I am your destination. And I don't know about you, but when you are at Arthur Kill Road, I don't need any more signs telling me that Arthur Kill Road is a mile away. And we're so famous for wanting a sign. Father, I need a sign. This is what I need. I want when Pastor Roe preaches today. I want, this is what I want, God. I'm going to sit on seat 352. And God, this is what I want from you, God. Because if he could preach all day. But if this don't happen, you didn't move, God. 
God, this is what I need. I'm going to sit on 352, and I'm just going to get ready to worship. And the whole message, you're sitting there, okay, Lord, give me a sign. Oh, did he blink? Did he blink? Oh, he blinked twice. Oh, Pastor Roe, was that a blink or was that just sweat dripping on your face? And we get so addicted to signs. We get so addicted to signs. And, and God is saying, you need to move past the sign because the sign is just a direction. When I am before you and when the presence of God is before you, what he's saying is, you've arrived at the right destination. And when you are at the destination, catch, catch this, when you are at the destination and you are in the presence of God and all you're looking for are signs, what happens is you start roaming around the wilderness for years because you think that you need a sign, but the sign keeps bringing you back to the same the sign keeps bringing you back to the same place. Hey, you keep thinking you need another meal ticket. You keep thinking that you need another sign. But I came to tell you, this is it, baby. And sometimes what we do is that we arrive to the destination and we say we need something more than Jesus. We need Jesus plus a good car. We need Jesus plus a good career. And all those things are good. I want those things in my life. I am saving up to buy a house. But here's the deal. That Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus, because you can have all those things. You can have all the bread you want. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And everything minus Jesus equals nothing. So what Jesus is trying to communicate is this. Am I enough? Because I met you where you were. I've reached you. I've pulled you out of the drowning, drowning in the ocean. But it was never meant to keep you there. I've pulled you out so that you can have a satisfied, abundant, full to the brim life. Not just, not just live life with your head above water. As the worship team comes up, he, he makes this last statement. And he says, I am the bread of life. I not, I, not I can simply give the bread of life. Or I know where you can find the bread of life. Not that I have the recipe to the bread of life. No, 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 my friends. He says, I am the bread of life. I didn't come just to give you bread. I came to be the bread in your life. He starts talking some crazy talk. He says, those that will eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. You're like, what? I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. <laughs> he starts saying some crazy stuff. He's like, those that eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And they got all spooked out. And the Bible says that that was too much for them to handle. Because here's the deal. They wanted their stomachs filled, but they couldn't stomach his person. And what Jesus was saying, hey, are you willing to internalize me? Are you willing to make me part of who you are? 
Are you willing for me to come into you and you come into me? Are you willing to allow me to be much more than a meal ticket, but to be the master in your life? And he makes this declaration. Look what he says, church. He says, the last verse. He says, they said to him, sir, give us this bread all the time. Give us this bread all the time, sir. And he says, still don't get it. Still don't get it. Maybe here today, maybe you've heard a message like this. God is saying, hey, maybe you still don't get it. That's okay, because I've been there. I, was, I struggled for so long in my life. So many years in my life, I kept doing the wrong things and coming to Jesus with the wrong motives. And he did meet me where I was. I was addicted to pornography for over 10 years of my life. And I couldn't break the curse in my life. I don't even know why I'm sharing this today, but I believe that God is helping someone out here today. And I just came to Jesus because I needed a deliverer. And I wanted to break this bondage that was over my life that I genuinely felt like I could not do it without him. Because I tried so many times to do it on my own strength. I tried so many times to overcome lust and even anger in my life and bitterness and resentment and I just fell short every single time. I couldn't forgive my father. I couldn't forgive reason that I was addicted to pornography but God met me where I was and I thought those things would satisfy me you know why because I was hungry see here's the truth when you are starving you ever been so hungry that anything looks good to you See, when you're empty inside, you start looking at things and you are hungry. So anything looks good to you. You know why Adam and Eve sinned? The Bible says when the fruit looked good to her. She didn't eat it thinking it was a bad fruit. It said when the fruit looked good to her. You know why the prodigal son ate the food of pigs? It said when the pods look good enough to eat. See, there's so many things in our life that we would have shunned and said, no, 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 when we were full, we were full. Why? Because sometimes when you are so full, and this is what happens when you are full with God, full of God's presence, that you get so full of God's presence. You ever been so full where everything, even if it looks appetizing, it's actually, I don't even want it. Why? Because you're so full. And when you get filled with the joy of the Lord, man, and that's what I thought it was. I thought it was just like, and what I didn't realize is that I just needed to be satisfied with who Jesus was. And when I, when I, when I became satisfied with who Jesus was in my life, 15 years ago, I became little by little, I just, I just need to become satisfied with who Jesus is. I started realizing things don't look as appealing as they used to when I was starving. 
because now Jesus has satisfied the hunger of my soul not simply the hunger of my belly not simply the hunger of my circumstances he has satisfied the hunger of my soul see many times we think that satisfaction and Jesus don't coincide with one another and the reason that we sometimes fall into the traps of the enemy you know what it is it's not because we want to be bad people it's not because we want to be evil. You know why the reason is that we fall at times? It's because we want to be satisfied. We just want to be satisfied. And we're trying to fill the hunger. And what, what Jesus is saying is you're hungry, but you think the hunger is for your physical appetite. It's for your flesh but what you're really hungry for, only I can satisfy the hunger of your soul. He says, come to me if you're hungry. And there's going to be people that come to this church community, Kuhau, and I'm so proud to say, I'm so honored to say, let them come. Anyone that comes into these doors, maybe you're here today and you came to these doors and I want to say thank you for coming into these doors because we can offer you the satisfaction of your soul that is Jesus Christ he is the bread of life so come you got anger problems come we got the bread of life you got lust problems come we got the bread of life <laughs> oh, oh but I look different it's okay come because you're hungry you need the bread of life. It's okay. You might look different. You might hate your neighbor. It's okay. Come because you're hungry and you need the bread of life. Oh, you got sexuality problems. It's okay. Come because we got the bread of life. It's okay. Come because we have the only thing that'll satisfy the hunger. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.